0: This week's parasha is Parashas Kisavai. And there's a very interesting Pasuk and a beautiful Arachayim on the Pasuk. The Pasuk says, <laughs> We're supposed to rejoice for all the good. A <laughs> person, when he has good in his life, and we all have hopefully a lot of good in our lives, we have to rejoice over that good. We have to appreciate it and understand that it's a gift from the Rabbi Shalom. This is one of the commandments that we have in this week's parsha. What good are we talking about in this pasuk when it says the samachta bchalatayv? What does that mean? Does it, is it referring to my car, to my uh, to my laptop, to my uh, pool? What's it talking about? The samachta bchalatayv. So if you look in the Arachayim HaKadosh, he has a very famous Vard. It might be the most famous Arachayim HaKadosh in his entire commentary. And he says, Yirma is b'maimar b'chol When the Torah is saying these words that you should be happy, you should rejoice b'chol is the Torah. You should be happy with the Torah. Kim'amor as Chazal teach us, ein taiv el There's no word when it says taiv other than taira. The definition, the absolute definition of taiv, of good, is not all of the things that we think are good in this world, but it's taira. Shem hayu adam margishin v'misikas v'arevas tuv If people would really understand if people would comprehend the sweetness and the pleasantness of the greatness of Taira, people would go crazy and they would be in a frenzied state of trying to attain and master the Taira. And the entire world, the entire civilization around us that we look to for fun, for entertainment, for enjoyment, for pleasure, all of the things that the world runs after would not be considered lima'uma. It would not be considered anything in our eyes. Ki taira kailelas es Because the Torah is kailel, the Torah contains and subsumes within it all of the goodness in the world. This is the var of the Arachayim HaKadosh in this week's parsha. This is like the Arachayim HaKadosh. They made songs out of these words of the Arachayim HaKadosh. The Torah is kailal, all the tairashab. The reason why we don't understand this and why this Arachayim, akkadish might seem foreign to us, we'll discuss soon. But what the Arachayim is saying, Kipshutai, is that when the Torah says you should rejoice in all of the good that you have, and we naturally start thinking about our bank accounts and our vacation homes and our all the all the, the stuff that we have in life. And maybe the last thing on our list is the Taira. The Arachim HaKadish says, no. The Taira means that you should rejoice in the Taira. Be happy with the fact that you have Taira. Because there is nothing more sweet, more pleasant, more gishmak, more enjoyable, more enviable than being able to sit down and learn Adaf Gemara. Being able to listen to a shir, being able to sit with a chavrusah, being able to, to just think and learning, prepare a be mavir sedra, whatever it is, any little morsel of taira, there is such sweetness to it, there is such kishmak to it. And if a person would know this, if people around us would be aware of how sweet the taira really is, they would go crazy pursuing the tyra. They would literally become intoxicated and obsessed in their focused pursuit of tyra. That's how great the tyra is. Just like people go crazy for other things, if a person wants to uh, become partner in a law firm they'll stop at nothing until they attain that goal. If a person wants to be a doctor, if a person wants to be an architect, if a person wants to attain some higher degree, or they want to make a lot of money, they will do nothing until they stop. Nothing will stop them until they're able to get that goal because that's what they want. Why? Why do they want that? So Because they conjure up in their mind that once they attain those goals for themselves, That's when life will start being good for them. That's when they will get pleasure out of life. The Arachim HaKadosh is saying that if we would understand how Geshmak Taira is, how much pleasure Taira gives to people that are really into it and really attain it and really understand it, then we would go crazy. We would stop at nothing until we attain a mastery of Taira. Why are we not so motivated to always be learning, to always be steiging, to always be chazering? Why are we not up at 2 o'clock in the morning learning? Why are we not not up an entire Friday night or half a Friday night learning? Why do we go back to the dorm rooms and and read newspapers and do all the things that we do? Why? Why are we not focused on pursuing Torah? Because we don't understand how sweet it is. We don't understand how full of pleasure it is to become a chacham and to attain the Mesikas HaTairah. So therefore we don't. But if we would, says the Arachayim Akadish, if, we would, people, if people would understand how sweet and how pleasant it is, there's no doubt, says the Arachayim, that people would go crazy in the pursuit of Tairah just like they go crazy in the pursuit of other things. And those other things are not really taif. Taira is taif. So, how much more so we would put all of that energy and drive and ambition into attaining the Masika Sataira? There's a similar Gemara in Erevind, Afnandaladam the Gemara Darshan Zapasak and Ba, Vasa, Tishke Tamid. Shalim Amalak writes that in the love of Tyra, a person is intoxicated. People that are really into tyra are completely consumed by tyra. They don't do anything but tyra, they eat tyra, they sleep tyra, they take a walk with tyra, they're on an airplane, they're thinking and learning, they're constantly in, in learning. Ba'abasa, in the love of tyra, tishkethomed, a person will be also a lashnav of intoxicated or uh, a of completely consumed by tyra. And the Gemara in Arab and Darshans this pasukin says that Rabilazar ben Pidas is a perfect example of this of this pasuk. Hayayaishe Vaisek Batara Bishukatan Shaltsi Pyri Visadina Muta Bashokaian shalsipariri there was, in the city of Sipiri, there was a very big marketplace, and there was a lower level and an upper level of this marketplace. And Rabbi Lazar ben Padas was so into learning, he was so enamored, obsessed, consumed by Tyra that he was like an absent-minded professor. He would go into the Shukh Shalt Sipari, he would leave in the Shukh Shalt Sipari, he would leave his bags, he would leave his suitcase, he would leave his coat, his hat. And then he would go up to the second floor and that's where he was, uh, he was sitting and learning. He completely forgot that he had left everything on the first floor. And in the Shuk HaTacht there were a lot of unsavory characters. And a lot of people that, as soon as they saw his wallet and his knapsack and whatever he had there, they would have hopped it. Imagine leaving your, you know, your stuff in, uh, in some mall. It's not going to last too long there. People will go and they'll just take it. But he was so absent-minded in his love of Tyre, completely he forgot about it. It wasn't on his mind before. It wasn't important to him. And the Gemara says that when he came back down to, to fetch his stuff, maybe a, a few hours later, there was a, like a scorpion that was surrounding this suitcase and all of his stuff, protecting it until he returned. In the the love of Tyra, he forgot the entire world. The entire world became meaningless to him. All of his stuff, all of his possessions that everybody else is so consumed by, it was not important to him. He wasn't in this world. He was in the Shukah Ali in he was in an upper world, he was in a higher, a higher world than the rest of us are. We're very concerned with where our suitcases are, where they're not, where they're going. He doesn't care, he just wants to sit and learn. That's all that's important to him in his love of Taira. Because he understood the Arevas and the Mesikos Taira. once heard, I remember in 8th in grade, my 8th grade rabbi told us a beautiful story about Rebruderman that stuck with me. I never saw it in print. I don't know where he heard it from, but I, I, this is what he used to say. He used to, he used to say this, my rabbi, that Rebruderman, who was Rashiva Ner Yisrael in Baltimore, is one of the he was Adar. Uh, he was absolutely brilliant. He was a Bucky, Nifla, and Shas He knew Shas like we know Asher. He He was he was absolutely, he was like the highest level of learning. In fact, there is a, a volume of Yeshurun, one, a very big Torah journal that comes out twice a year. And they had a, 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 a section of it dedicated to a and I think we have it in the base Medrash. And it speaks about how n- the mastery that he had of Shas and Paiskin. And he used to say that if, if a Talmud of mine doesn't know Shas, he shouldn't call himself a Talmud. That's, that's the expectation that he had of his Talmidim. He, has, he had a few Talmidim that, that are Taka on that level. He raised many Talmidim that, were, that aspired to such greatness. But he used to take walks in Baltimore. And on these walks, he would chazer shas. He would be able to go through mesechte after mesechte, gemar, rashi, taisas, rishayinim, while he was taking walks. But of course, you know, if you're taking a walk and your, your head is in the you're thinking about Tyra you're obviously not exactly um, you know remembering exactly where you're walking but who knows where I'm walking I don't know he's walking in Baltimore Baltimore we know has good parts of Baltimore bad parts of Baltimore and uh, anyway he ended up in, in the middle of Yehopitz, he had no idea where he was he was in the middle of uh, I guess or something all of a sudden he realized I have no idea where I am so in the olden days, they had what was called a phone booth. No one had cell phones. They didn't have the, the concept. wasn't even there yet. And so you go into a phone booth. You put a, a nickel in the phone. Maybe it was a penny at the time. And, uh, and you make a phone call. And uh, you call. So he, he was lost. So he went into a phone booth. And he said to somebody, you know, I'm, I'm lost in the middle of Baltimore. I don't know where I am. Please pick me up. They okay, say, so, "Okay, Rebbe, where, where, where are you? We don't know where to be. You know, they not have GPS or any, where, where are you? So he says, I have no idea. I'm in the middle of Baltimore. His head was mamish in, you know, in Shas. So he says, okay, Rebbe, go out and you'll see a sign, you know, and you'll see like crosswalks and, you know, on, on, on the corner you'll see two, two names and, uh, and I'll come pick you up wherever you tell me. He says, okay, good, good. So he goes outside and he comes back in, and he says, okay, I know where I am. He says, I'm on the corner of telephone and telephone. Because on the top of the phone booth, on every side of the phone mm-hmm. booth, there was a, the word telephone. Now, this doesn't mean that Rav R- was not you know, smart. Rav Ruderman was the smartest person in the world. But he didn't understand this world. He wasn't interested in this world. It wasn't what other people consider a chashev, This world that was irrelevant to him. He had no interest in it. It, it. it had no meaning to him. We're impressed by things that to him was, were worthless. If it didn't translate into Tyra, it wasn't impressive to him. It, it wasn't anything to him. He was just completely in love with Tyra. He was obsessed with Tyra. In my book, Great Jewish Photographs, I have one of, I think it's the first picture in the book, is a photograph of Rav David Karlin. Rav David Karlin was a known guy in learning. He was uh, a uh, contemporary of Chaim Brisker, and all the G'dayil Yisrael held him in the highest esteem. And there's a very famous picture of him, and he's basically over Gemara, he's learning, and his, head, his hand is like this, like a classical Talmudic rabbi picture, and he's like staring out into the oblivion, and, and it says in the you know i wrote in the in the story behind it which i did some research about that the photographer took a picture of Rabdava kaliner while he was learning he was like by a wi- by a by a window and he took the picture of him and he wasn't like trying to hide from davik kaliner he was like took a picture right in front of his face but he was so obsessed with the learning that he was doing that he didn't even notice that there was a photographer taking a picture of him. He was like in a different world. He was in the Shukali and Shal Tzipari. He wasn't at all. He didn't even like blink. Imagine if you're sitting by your stand there and, you know, sometimes the photographers come in for the PR shoots and they're like all over the place. They're like on top of you and over, you know, video cameras. And he didn't even hop. He, He was not, he didn't even know that people were taking pictures of him. Rav Shach was famous for having this love of Tyra. They say a beautiful story that once Rav Shach came into the base medrash in Panevich, you know, with a thousand guys learning with a beautiful golden Aran kaidish behind him. And Rav Shach was like walking through the base medrash, and everybody was standing up as he was coming in, and he was holding a little girl by the hand. And people were, like, looking a little strange at Rav Shaf, like, who, you know, was it, take your grand, great-granddaughter to work day? Like, what's the, what, who, who's, uh, who is this girl? Anyway, somebody finally, wa- and this girl was like, just walking around, like, with Rav Shaf, wherever he was going, looking for a shender, looking for a safer, looking, and they asked Rav Shaf, like, Talmud came over, and said, Rabbi, is this, uh, is this your, your, your granddaughter, your great-granddaughter, who is this? Rav Shaf says, who are you talking about? He says, down. So Rav starts laughing and this girl's like looking up and they said, what's so funny? So he said, he says, you know, I was crossing the street and this girl, you know, in Eretz Yisrael, they let their they, they let little kids be crossed by complete strangers, you know, by the intersections. They could go wherever they want as long as some adult, you know, crosses them, which seems more dangerous than an oncoming car sometimes. But... Um, <laughs> Anyway, this girl was waiting. She asked me if I would cross her and I held her hand and I was holding in an a and I kept... I, she never let go. I never let go. So here she is with me in the base Medish. That's Babasai Tishke He wasn't in this world. I mean, he, he knew that he was holding this girl's hand, but that was it. Then he forgot and he got back into the Rambam and that was it. Now... This is what our G'dayl Yisrael were all about. They lived this Arachayim HaKadosh. They understood that this was life. Life was not about all the things that we're busy with. And we're all busy with everything. We have everything in our mind, everything in our plate, and we're, and we have, we, we're living in this world. But it's so enviable to aspire to these G'dayl Yisrael to have this as our goal in life, to be able to sever our ties a little bit with this world, not to completely sever them. Obviously, this is not a schmooze that we should all be complete Prushim from Eilam Hazan and have nothing to do with Eilam and not get a job and not be able to be focused on our families and our, on our careers. Of course, we have to do that. But wouldn't it be nice if when we're learning we could actually be in this beautiful bubble of Taira. Be able to be obsessed and consumed by Taira HaKadosh and feel the Mesikos and the Arevis of Taira. There's nothing more beautiful in life, and I've said this a million times, but there's nothing more beautiful in life than a person that is a baker that's preparing a khabura. And I think everyone that's ever prepared a Chaburah knows exactly what I'm talking about. You have a, a sugya that you're assigned to learn or that you take upon yourself to give a on. And now you have a job, and now you want to come up with a Gishmak HaChiddish, a Kasha, and a Teretz, and Rayas, and Lambdas, and a whole week you have to prepare it. That week is Eilam Haba. Why is it Eilam Haba? It's pressure, but it's the most beautiful pressure in the world. You're looking up Rishinim and him and bringing riots and talking and learning and, 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 and you're in a different world. You're in a world of Taira, you're in a world of Kedusha, you're in a world that you never want to end. It's a happy world, it's a sweet world, it's a pleasant world, it's, a, it's one that you feel Kedusha, you feel attached to the Taira. And people that are G'dayi Yisrael have this. And not just Gedalia there are people that are our age, and maybe even some people in this space Madosh, that have this. But that's where we want to be in life. When we're able to understand the Arachayim Akadesh, that if a person would understand the Mesikos Varevas Hataira, Hayamishtagin, or Mislatin you'd be in a frenzied pace to try to find it, to try to gain it. That's the happiness. That's where a person can tap into Nitzchios. That's when a person can feel relevant in this world. That should be our goal in life. Our goal in life should be that we are absent-minded when we're learning. I'm not interested in my phone anymore. I'm not interested in my friends. I'm not interested in my family. I'm not interested in, in all the things going on in my world. And they're all good things, Baruch Hashem. But when I'm learning, I just want to be focused on learning. I want to be able to get into learning, to feel like a gishmak in learning. Because when I could understand how sweet learning is, when I could taste that a little bit, then I will just want more and more and more. It reminds me of like they, they asked if you once, if you have a half an hour to learn every day, what should you learn? Should you learn Musr or should you learn Gemara? So if you saw you you should learn Musr. They said, why? What's wrong with Gemara? Gemara, you're, oh, you're against Gemara. He says, no. He says, because if you learn Musr for that half hour, you'll find a lot more time to learn Tayre. If a person understands how important it is to, to learn and to be orangutan in learning, to be completely consumed in learning, they would find more time, we would find more time every day to learn. We go through some days that we don't even learn a word because we're so busy with everything else and we're running away from learning. We think like, you know, learning is the last thing that I should be doing today but if we would understand how geschmack it is, it would be the thing that we're going to every single day first and last. As a Rebbe of mine once said, you should go to sleep at night with a kasha and you should wake up with a tarot. That's how we should be with learning. I have a Rebbe that's so like this. He's like an absent-minded professor, but in, in, in a wonderful way. That there's, he's a legend. Like, he, guys talk about him the famous person—I'm not going to say who it is because it's, if you don't understand it, it sounds like ridiculous. But when he carries like a pizza box, so this is when he had kids—you know—that were that were in, in his house, young kids. He would carry a pizza box through the streets of Brooklyn to, to bring home. But he would be thinking and learning. So basically, you'd see him in, in, walking through the streets of Brooklyn carrying a pizza box like like sideways, instead of carrying it this way. It would be like under his arm, and he was just like walking and learning, thinking, talking. That seems ridiculous, right? If you'd see a guy do that, you think the guy's uh, off, off his rockers. But I'm jealous of my rabbi because it means that that's all he had in life. That's only wanted in life. The pizza wasn't the chash of a thing that you're holding like this. Like it's a crown. Pizza, is something you have to eat. Okay, so I'm gonna bring it home. But like, he wasn't thinking that he was gonna ruin the pizza. But it was mamela. That was that, that he just had no interest in it. It wasn't on his mind because Tyre was paramount to him and is paramount to him. Imagine if we had that hergesh to Tyre. Imagine if we would understand the Mesikas sa Tyre. Imagine how our lives would be so great. So we have to ask ourselves, is the Tyre so us? Do we have that Masikos Vareva Satira? And when the Torah says in this week's parasha of the Samachta does the Arachaima immediately pop into our heads? As the Samachta taib, you should be happy with all the good. What do you define as good in your life? What do I define as good in my life? Is the Torah really the thing that is the Tayb? That's the Spitz that's the best in my life? Is it the sweetest? Is there a Masikos Vareva is it? Ask yourself. Is it sweet to you? Or is it a chore? It's something that I know I have to do. I know I get z'char for I know that it's important. But do you feel the mesikos v'arevas ha-satayra? Shmuel Berenbaum, the great Roshiba of the Mir in Brooklyn, Zechitzatik, the Lebracha, had a, had a kasha on a bracha that we say every morning in Birchas ha Baharev na ha Hashem, make the Torah sweet to me. Make a gishmak to me. Make it extra, extra flavorful to me. So Shmuel never understood this bracha, because he loved Tyra. He said, I don't understand this bracha. He said, did anyone ever go into an ice cream store? You go into a Baskin Robbins, let's say, and they give you like a, you know, a caramel, mocha, vanilla crunch, whatever. And you say to the guy, thank you very much, do you have sugar? Is there any sugar in the store? You have like one of those sugar containers. Sugar? No, we don't have that in the store. What? what are you, this isn't a coffee shop. What do you need sugar for? He like, says, well, "I want to. I want to put the sugar on top of my ice cream cone. What do you mean, sugar on top of an ice cream cone? The ice cream is the sweetest thing in the world. You're going to put sugar on it. It's disgusting." He says, "What do you mean, make it sweet? What do you make it sweet? It's already sweet." It's the sweetest thing in the world. Why do I have to ask Hashem to put sugar on top of it? It's, is there anything sweeter than Torah? That's Shmuel Berenbaum's kasha. But we don't understand the kasha. We could answer that kasha very easily. No, it's not sweet. I do need HaKadosh Bar-am-bam to make it sweet because I don't feel it's sweet. So what happened to us? Why do we feel that we're learning enough? We've been learning and in yeshivas in high school, in Eretz Yisrael, and here, what, why don't we feel the Mesikos Atayra? Why is it that when we sit down to Gemara, we don't feel it, or we don't always feel it, or we hardly ever feel it? Why is it that way? Maybe I'm the only one that feels that way, but maybe there's some people here that also feel that way. So the Shemuz is for the two of us. Why is it that there's a difficulty in feeling the Mesikos Atayra? Why are we not mislatin achare'ah? Why do we still feel that Ilam Haza is it and we, we are we're not yet considering like the Arachamakar says that Ilam Haza is Lama'umma, it's nothing, because we have the tyre. Why is it that what, what's missing in us? We're giving it enough chance, we we're giving it a fair shake. What why why do we not yet feel the the Mesikas Varevas Hatyra? You know, Corona is some, uh, something that we all speak about. I'm really, you know, I've been sick of talking about Corona already months because every, every, just everything is Corona, 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 you know, with the quarantines and with the this and coming to different states and travel. Like, I can't talk about it anymore. But there's definitely a great Musa Haskell to take out of Corona. There are many muscle Haskells to take out of Corona. But one thing that we could take out of it is we know that a symptom of Corona is that you lose your taste. You lose your smell for something. You lose your taste for something. Many people have that symptom. And many people, by the way, still haven't gotten it back. I just spoke to Ahmed. He, he, you know, he had it a couple of months ago. Most people get the smell. He still doesn't have the smell back. It's Shilas and, you know, with Abdullah, with Bar- Barman Ibisamim, and all types of things. It's inter- but it's an interesting phenomenon that Corona does... Take away a person's taste. That means that everybody around you is enjoying the pizza, but you can't taste it because you have corona. That's sort of what the machra that we all have in a certain sense or the people that understand what I'm talking about have. They see other people around that seem to be enjoying their learning, and, and, and I'm not. Everyone has a smell for the geschmack of learning. Everyone has a taste for the geschmack of learning, but I don't. Why is it that I don't have that kishmak in learning and other people do? They say in Maisu with Rav Steinemann that Rav Steinemann, say, was approached by a Bacher. That Rav Steinemann was a person who was completely missolek. From Tainuga Ilam Hazeh, he had no interest. He Mamish was a living, breathing Aruchayim Akadish in this regard. He had no interest in Ilam Hazeh. If anyone ever visited his apartment, or you've seen pictures, or you've heard about it, he lived in squalor. He lived in absolute. He lived in an apartment that you wouldn't, you know, you wouldn't spend a night in. The walls were broken. The paint was peeling. He lived with a on a. He sat on a bed with a chair uh, propping up his back. The, the furniture was broken. He had no interest. He had mamish no Elam Haza. And he didn't want Elam Haza. He wasn't interested in it. And all he wanted was learning. That's all he wanted. Tyra, Tyra, Tyra. He didn't eat anything. He didn't sleep anything. He just wanted learning. So an American bacher once came into to and, and said to him, Rabbi, he, he says, he says, he says, I don't have a geschmack in learning. so I know you have a geschmack in learning. Everybody has a geschmack in learning around me. I I don't have a geschmack in learning. What am I doing wrong? He says, you know, it's like everybody's telling me that ice cream is delicious, honey is delicious, and I'm tasting, I don't taste anything. What should I do? So if says, you know, honey is a universally sweet thing, it's it's intrinsically sweet but not everybody enjoys honey. Who doesn't enjoy honey? He says a person that has sores in their mouth that has some sort of sickness in their mouth when they eat honey it, it aggravates it. It's not kishmak. You now some people have like ulcers in their stomach. And they're, they're lactose intolerant. So everybody else is enjoying ice cream. This kid can't eat ice cream. There are people that have allergies. Other people can enjoy peanuts. Other people will die if they touch a peanut. There are certain sicknesses that people have that don't allow them to enjoy things in life. Erf Steinemann said to this Bachar that the reason why certain people enjoy Tyre and certain people don't The people that don't are sick. What does it mean they're sick? There's something that they're doing wrong in their life that's not permitting themselves to enjoy. Tyra is universally sweet. Tyra by nature is sweet. There's nothing more sweet in the world. Tyra is sweet. If we're not personally enjoying Tyra, it's not the Tyra's fault. It's something in us that we have to rectify. We have to fix. We have to go to a doctor of some sort in order to correct something in us and then we would hopefully be able to begin appreciating Tyra. There's a, a Chazal on a Pasuk in one of these parshas coming up in Bayelach maybe. And it says, The Tyra is not a, something that's empty from you. And Chazal darshan im Reku if you find that the Taira is empty, me it's from you. Don't blame it on the Tira. The tirah is not empty. The Tira is not vacuous. The Tira is not something that, that, that doesn't have appeal. The tirah does have appeal. If we're not enjoying the Taira, it's because there's something about us that we have to fix in order to ready ourselves for Taira. Where Steinman was actually referring to was he said that the sores in our mouth come because we speak Lashon Hara. And that's why when our mouth learns Taira, it's not able to really appreciate Tyra because there's spiritual sores in our mouth because we learn Taira. Maybe we have Nivel Peh, maybe we're speaking Tvar Mbatele, maybe we're being Maiti Shema, something we're using our mouth for inappropriate reasons. But I'd like to just extend Riff Steinemann's Var to everything. Yeah, Lashon Hara is definitely a problem. But our Shmira Sainayim is definitely a problem. The eyes that we're using to learn tire with are looking at stuff that we absolutely should not be looking at. And the ears that we need to listen to shir are th- ears that we're using for things that we're not supposed to be using them for. For listening to Lashon listen, Hara, listening to music that's inappropriate, listening to, to, to shows, to podcasts, to, to, to radio, to whatever things that are not... Not always appropriate for our ears, for our holy ears. We consume our minds and our, our souls with news and with constant sports and entertainment and culture that are not appropriate for us. And then we wonder hey, why is Tyra not sweet? Tyra is sweet. It's not the Tyra's fault, it's our fault. And that's another lesson I think that we can learn from Corona on a spiritual level. I found that when once we start quarantining and once you start like you know, becoming secluded from the world a little bit, the world becomes a lot less interesting and your home becomes a lot more interesting. You actually have time to focus on your children, to learn with your children, to schmooze with your children, to learn Torah, to daven like a mensch, because we're being, we're the more you separate from the world, the more the world of Taira becomes interest. The world, the world of, of Kedusha. Quarantining is is a, is not kishmak, but it's sometimes good to quarantine. Quarantining meaning that you're able to be Menatik yourself to sever yourself from this world to a certain degree. And when our minds are able to heal a little bit, when our mouths, our ears, our souls are able to step back from this world and to get back to what it was designed for, what our eyes were designed for, what our ears were designed for, what our mouth was designed for, we're able to, to focus on Torah and Ruchnius to the exclusion of many other things. That's when a person is able to really appreciate the Mesikos HaTayra. The Torah is sweet. It's waiting for us to learn. But if we're learning Torah and we have a, a cell phone in one pocket, and we have people, you know, calling us in another uh, from another side of the room, and we're and our minds are on fifty different subjects, and fifty different chores, and fifty different things at all times, and we're not giving our complete focus and attention to Torah, at least when we're learning Torah, then don't expect it to be sweet because it wasn't designed to be sweet for us. Because that's not because it's our fault. Rev. Aaron Cutler used to say that we think, when we learn, that learning is really a sacrifice. It's not Gishmaq, but doing it. But really, when we're learning or people are dedicating their life to Kailal and Tyra, they're basically giving up on Elam Hazard. They're sacrificing this world, but they're getting a better world. They're getting the world of Eilam Haba someday. Rabbi says the opposite is true. People that sit and learn Tyre are getting the most Eilam Haza in this world. They are really the people that have Eilam Haza, the people that are, that are living the life, and they have vacation homes, and they have sports cars, and they have trips, and they have, they have uh, clothing, and all the things that everybody's running after. They don't have Eilam Haza. He quotes the Igaris Hagra, who famously says that when a person indulges in this world, it's kishayse mayim meluchim. It's like drinking salt water. Sometimes you're out in a rowboat and you're thirsty, so you dip your cup into the water and you drink it, and you think that okay, this is great. I'm drinking water. I'm, I'm gonna. I'm gonna now my thirst is gonna be quenched. Zok to it, it appears to the person temporarily like, Oh, Barak Hashem, I have water. I, I, now my, my, my thirst is quenched. Ube What happens? The salt makes a person thirstier. You think people that have a, a fancy car are ever happy with that car? They're always looking to the next model car. A bigger house, a better kitchen, a better uh, computer, a better, uh, better vacation. They're never happy. They're just drinking and drinking and wanting more. Tyra is the opposite. Tyra, you learn, you feel good, you feel happy. The greatest happiness in this is in this world. Rav Aaron Kali used to tell his Balabatim that you have to learn more Tyra. They said, Why do we have to learn more Tyra? You promised us that if we if we learn Tyra, if we support Tyra, if we support your yeshivas and other yeshivas, then we'll go up to Ilam Haba and we'll be like you. We'll be Tamil Khacham in Ilam Haba. We'll be able to be talking to Vegar in the next world. He says, Yes, Ilam Haba, you have. I'm worried about your Ilam Haza. This world you don't have. What do you mean we don't have? We're, we're we're living in nice houses. We're driving nice cars. We're living it up. No, no, you don't have Ilam Haza. I have Ilam Haza. I want you to have Ilam Haza. This is what like Isa was was never got about Yaakovinu. He thought that he had Eilamhazah. The deal was that he was supposed to have Eilamhazah and Yaakovinu was supposed to have haba. In the end, he said, he says, I don't have anything. And he's running around. He's chasing after, after Chayis and Masada. He's eating, he's eating lentils and he's saying, he doesn't have Eilamhazah. It's Nebuchadnezzar. He doesn't have Eilamhazah. He doesn't have haba. in the end. He's chasing. He's a chaser. He's a hunter. He's pursuing, but he has nothing. And we sit in the base Meresh and we're able to focus on our learning, put away the phone, put away the distractions, and just learn and have a geshmakin with our chavrusan and our shir and our yeshiva on Shabbos, on Yantiv by Tish. And there's, no, there's nothing greater than this. The samach de we have to appreciate what we have. The tayv that we have right now, I don't know what's going to be with us in a few years from now. You go out and you become... Married and children and, 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 and obligations. These are the times that you have to chattarain. Who knows what's going to be in a year or two or three? It doesn't get easier. Torah doesn't get more geschmack as you get older. If you don't have a geschmack now, when are you going to have it? And it's not the Torah's fault, it's our fault. Right now, it's the perfect time to start anew. It's a new zman. It's the first week of this zman. First Shabbos of the of this zman. It's Rosh Hashanah in a couple of weeks. Beginning of a new year, a new hishtatzis. The whole world, Hayam haras The world becomes new again, refreshed. Hakadosh pushes the refresh button, and the world is brand new. Now's the time that we could find a newness in our life. We can make a kabbalah, blineder, to try to really find... It's not, you're not doing God a favor. You're doing yourself a favor by being a on yourself and on myself to be able to learn with asmada, to be able to try to put away the distractions and really focus when we're supposed to be learning to learn. I'm not saying you should cut out of college classes to learn or, uh, you know, but when we're learning, clutch, let's learn. Learn when you're supposed to learn. And when we learn what we're supposed to learn, then we'll want to learn even beyond that. Into lunchtime, we're going to want to learn, and night Seder, and after night Seder, because it's Geschmack. But we can't always vacillate, we can't always pivot. And you know, I want this world, I want the next world, I want this world, and that just make a decision. I want both worlds. And you can have both worlds. And the way to have both worlds is to find that appreciate the good that you have right now, today. The mistake that so many people make, and probably I made it myself a thousand times, is that I'm always waiting to be happy till the next stage of my life. So when you're, you know, before you're bar mitzvah, when I'm bar mitzvah, that's when I'm going to start uh, davening with the gishma, putting it with my tefillah. Then you're bar mitzvah, nah, you know what, I'm going to wait till I'm, uh, you know, in high school. High school, it's going to be Eretz uh, Yitzchel. when I get back, battery, marriage, kids. Uh, you're, there's always another. The, the goalpost keeps moving. And you're always saying, that's when I'm going to be Matzliyach. That's when I'm going to be happy. That's when I'm going to succeed. And it's Pabam that's It's the eight trying to get you not to focus today. But the way to be Matzliyach in life is to take every day that this is your day. This is our last day. Yeah, I'd be remiss if I didn't at least mention uh, Rabbi Barry Nathan who was i uh, I'm sure we all know him he was, the, uh, he was in charge of uh, recruitment in yeshiva and he went to Eretz Yisrael, he worked tirelessly for yeshiva, many of you that are here are probably here in no small part because of his efforts and he was—he had Yana He was, uh, he he was a, not a healthy man for many, many years, and he put his kaiches and his all of his kishrinis, his very, very, very impressive kishrinis, into building the yeshiva and, and making it larger and, and, and better beeches of in his in his role. And he was nifter yesterday, and. He was a young man. He was a young man in the prime of his life, beautiful family. And we can learn a lot from Rabbi Nathan, but in the, in the context of just what I'm saying right now, and this is a personal mustache to myself because he wasn't that much older than I, you have to take from these people one lesson that life is not forever. Life is not forever. You don't always have all the years that you think you have. And this isn't, uh, I'm not putting, I'll tip-top al we should all live, I may have Shano, with Gizunt, with Parnassa, with Prius, with Nachas. But life is what the Rabbani Shum decides is our life. And we don't know. No one ever came to us and said, you're going to live until you're 85, and you're going to live until you're 105. You don't know. We've had many people this year in Queens itself, young men, tamide fine balabatim, that were nifter like in the, in the dark of night. Asher bin Laila, Haya bin Laila, Avar. Like, that's it. In one night, they're gone. Corona, this, that. Life is not forever. Don't think that tomorrow it's going to be, I'm going to have that opportunity to learn Gashmak. Tomorrow, I'm going to understand this Arachayim HaKadosh better. It's today. It's today. Don't, don't, after the shmuz, go and run and you know, start checking your phone, your messages, your emails. Chapa You're going to be in your 40s and 50s and 60s and 70s what you decide to do right now after the shmuz. Shabbos is an opportunity. We don't have the excuse of college and homework. And the Shabbos is Shabbos. We have a choice to make every Shabbos. I could use those long Friday nights in the winter that are coming up to learn as much as I can with a chavrusah, with the geshmakh, stay in yeshiva and, and shtaig, or we could, you know, do go go to sleep early and wake up late and you know sleep a bagel and it's our decision. Of course, it's our decision. We have bechira, but if you want to have the mesikah hatayr, forget about ilam haba. This isn't a shruz, but um, it's aylam hazeh. If you want to understand what the beauty of Elamhaza is, you want to feel that the you want to be intoxicated with Taira, it starts here and now. Don't wait because we might not have a tomorrow. Tomorrow is today. Everything that we have, tomorrow is because of today. We have such a great opportunity, you're young, you have the whole world ahead of you, literally. You're in a great yeshiva, you have food, you have have shelter, you have health, hopefully. Use it, don't squander it, don't run after things that are ridiculous to run after, don't get into situations that are untenable, unsustainable, unfulfilling. Whatever you do in life, make sure that you're happy doing it. If you're going to choose a career, by the way, this isn't a career schmooze, but if you're going to choose a career, find a career that's not perhaps the most lucrative one, but the one that you feel is going to make you happy and excited to wake up in the morning and to accomplish and to feel that you're doing good for society one that you're able to spend time with your family, one that you're able to, to learn. It doesn't matter. You can, I have friends that are lawyers and doctors and, and whatever, and they're very successful people. They have beautiful homes and, and, and everything, but they don't have time. They work until 3 o'clock in the morning, and then they come home, they sleep an hour, they take a shower, they're back in, at work. So their wife and children are, are living pretty nicely, but they don't enjoy Elamazah. That's not a life. You're successful, everybody's happy with you because, wow, he's successful, but you're not happy. Find something that makes you happy, but the most happiness that you will find, according to the Arachayim HaKadosh, is Tyre. And we have that. We have a base medrash. We're not in the army in Russia that, you know, we're not allowed to learn. We're allowed to learn as much as we want. But the Sahara gets into our brain and says, yeah, you want to you do this instead. You wanted that's gonna make you happy, and that's gonna make you tarah is not gishma. But taira is Gishma. And perhaps the reason why the HR puts such a full court press on learning taira is because he knows that if he does allow you for a moment to hop what the Mesikas Arevas Atara is, you're never gonna leave it. That's what the Svar Makadeshim always write, that if you ever see if you see resistance to something, know that that's where, that's where the money is. The treasure lies in the place that the Yitzhahar is not letting you enter. So the Yitzhahar is going to let you do a lot of things in your life, but know that those things that are coming easy to you are not your mission in life, nor are they the, the real jewels in life. The crown jewels lie in the place that they don't want you, that the Yitzhahar doesn't want you to go. And it's, isn't it quite interesting how every time we want to open our Gemara, we have 50 things coming into our brains and it's so hard sometimes to sit down and open up that Gemara and to find our Chavrusa and to sit and to learn. It's so hard. Why is it so hard? Because it's so Gishmach and the Yitzhara doesn't want it to happen. Chavitzchayim used to say, or used to quote his rabbi, the Chavitzchayim, the Yitzhara will let a person do any mitzvah in the world. There's no resistance to buying a Lulav and Eswig, That's Gishmak. No resistance to getting matches for pesach, or everything is, all well, mitzvahs are, are gimmies, that's fine. But Taira, he says he will never allow you to do easily, because he knows that Taira is so geschmack and so valuable that he puts all of his kaichas into stopping a person learning Taira. It's a new year, a newsman, a new opportunity. And the more that we allow ourselves to enter the beautiful world, which is Tyra, but I don't mean just enter it and like come in and out, but really be shakuah and learning. There have been guys in yeshiva, and I'm sure you know, and you know people do this in Eretz Yisrael also, they basically come after Sukkot. this is for the Zoom chevra who are not here yet, but amitza Hashem, they'll be here after Sukkot. They come after Sukkot. And they don't come up for air until Pesa. They literally don't leave the base medish or leave the confines of the yeshiva for a whole zman. Now I'm not advocating never going home, chas v'sham. If you want to go home, go home as much as you want. But when you're here, be here. When you're here, be here. Get rid of the distractions as much as you can and focus on learning, focus on maruba. focus on, on your shir, focus on B'kiahs, on Halacha, on Musr, on ashkafa, on Chazara, which is so important. If you focus on that and you get your mind and your body and your heart and your soul into it, you will find that Mesika Satera. But you have to quarantine yourself a little bit. You have to separate yourself from Eilam as much as you can. And the more you do that, there's a, an inverse equation. The more that you separate from elam the more you'll appreciate Tyra. If you're shakun elam mhaza it's very hard to have both. Very few people have successfully accomplished that, if, if any. But the more that you're saying, I'm on the corner of telephone and telephone, the more you'll be able to be in the world of Tyra. Now, it seems fine if it's, oh, it's laughable, I want to be in... You can't have both. You have to be able to explore the, the world of Gemara and Torah deeply and intimately in order to appreciate the Masika Satara. That's just the way it is. I think the Chavis Havavas writes that, you, that it's impossible, just like fire and water can exist. You can't have a love of this world and a love of the next world at the same time. It just doesn't go. You can't. It's fire and water. You have to choose. You want fire or you want water? What's on your menu? I've lived a pretty long life and I've seen a lot and I've seen friends and I've seen family and I know the trajectory of people's lives and very often the people that have dedicated a lot of their time to learning and their profession but learning they're happy their families are happy, they're happy, they're living a wholesome, full, complete life and the people that have Sacrifice Tyra at the expense of career, at the expense of goshness, at the expense of running after this world, they're not happy. Just doesn't go. Not they're not happy by my measure, they're not happy by their measure. Because Tyra is the sweetness that everybody craves in their life. And the more they're able to have the sweetness and share the sweetness with their family and learn with your children and at the Shabbos table sing Zmiras and, and, and bring Kedusha and bring Tyre into your home the more happiness you will have and the less, the less it's just the way it is, it's just the reality so Mitzvah Hashem as we are entering this Nuzman we should really try for ourselves, not for the Rabbin Hashem for ourselves if we want to have a sweetness in our life we should undertake this year to have more of a of a focus and a concentration on learning. Night seder should be night seder. Morning seder should be morning seder. If you're doing afternoon seder, afternoon seder. But whatever it is, try really throwing yourself into the yam of Taira, into the yam of Talmud, and swim. And before you know it, you'll swim so beautifully. You don't want to get out of the pool because you're, you're, you're going to have such an amazing time and, and love for Tyra that nothing compares to it. So accept my bracha, and I'm giving the bracha to all of us, myself included. That every single word and syllable of this Arachayim akadish should be true by us. V'samachta b'chalatayv, we should appreciate the good that we have, the Torah that Akadish Baruch gave us. That's kikar ve'ilacha adavar mit. It's so close; it's attainable. We're in yeshiva. We're not. I'm not giving the shmuz in, a, in, in outside of yeshiva. I'm in yeshiva. We're talking to B'nai Tyre with Sfarim lining the walls and on the tables. This is where we are. We have opportunity every single moment. And the more you Chaperayin and the more you fake it till you make it, the more you'll appreciate the Tyre. We'll get rid of the sores in our eyes, in our mouths, in our, in our heart because the Tyre will immediately heal all of that. But we have to just make the first step. And HaKadosh Baruch will give us the siyat Dishmaya to have a beautiful journey. Amen. Have a good Shabbos.